Hey, everybody. This is Tiffany Sutherland, a founder of Four Corners Coaching. You can find me on social media at Tiff South. And you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 71 of Chasing Dreams. I have a fantastic person. I know I say it every time, and you guys got to just deal with that because I also say that every time. But I met Tiffany Sutherland at Podcast Movement, like many of the guests who have been on here. And all I know is that five minutes after I met her, I was mad. And it wasn't at her per se, but it was the fact that I only met her the very last day of podcast movement. And so we've been able to make it work that she was able to come on the show. She's not even too far from me. So we're going to kind of meet up also later, but we got her here today, guys. I'm very thrilled and excited because we're going to talk. We're going to have some fun. So let me tell you a little bit about her because that's probably what you want to know. She, <laughs> she's a lawyer by training and change agent at heart, which I've never heard that before, which is awesome to say. And you know, a tribute to somebody. She's the founder of Four Corners Coaching, where she works with students and rising professionals on owning their stories, understanding their strengths, and leveraging life experiences as they pursue more fulfilling careers and lives. Tiffany is also the host of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspectives on adulting and being grown. She's been a TEDx speaker and has served as a panelist, moderator, and keynote presenter for various groups and organizations. Tiffany writes, speaks, and coaches on topics including professional development, career transitions, overcoming trauma, and balancing personal values and career goals. She's also an amazing person, and apparently she can cook, and she's here today, guys. Tiffany, how are you doing tonight? I am blessed. Thank you so much for having me, Amy J. I am thrilled that you were able to come. So, we, we talked offline earlier about how, you know, when we met, it just seemed like there was something there for us to kind of, we, we had similarities and I'm thrilled you were able to come because we haven't been able to actually talk about our stories. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to, to learning more about you. And besides, you know, listening to your, to your show, I mean, you are doing excellent work uh, with your podcast and with just being such a great connector. And so I'm really happy to, to talk with you tonight. Well, I appreciate that. that thank you so much. What I love is you're a change agent at heart. That is the first time I have ever heard that phrase. Have did is that a recent association? I mean, that's an amazing kind of title. Oh, well, thank you. I think um so I have a master's in social work. And so when I was getting my master's in social work, one of the things that we 
call ourselves and what social workers are, are change agents, right? What we do, but whether we're working individually with clients or whether we're working within a policy, within a larger administrative role in a policy organization, our objective is to impact and affect change. And so when I was thinking about kind of my professional identity, it what the reason why it's at heart is because that is what I care about. When I think about the work that I do, when I think about whether it's, you know, at my day job or in the things that I do outside of work, I'm trying to make where I am or the person I'm working with better in some way and leave them with something that changes them for the better. And so it's at heart because it's it I think it's the essence of really what what drives me and drives the work that I that I do now and the things that I want to do with people going forward. And see, that I think is why I, I, I believe in personally that it's a very apt description for you because we only met probably for, what do you say, five minutes? Yep. Short conversation. Short, but impactful for sure. Yeah, very short. We had probably a few emails after that following up. And this is actually probably the second in live conversation we've had. But in that first interaction I had with you, it was very immediate to me that you are someone who wants to do something to help others. You know, it, you. It, it, it was a very immediate reaction just because of how you talk to people, how you interact. Cause I could see it. And you know, I was the person holding signs and having people come around, and, <laughs> but, but so I'm very observant and I could see just in how you talk to people and what you're looking for. And just, it wasn't, you know, like you were taking advantage or anything. You honestly and earnestly seemed interested in what people were doing and wanting to see kind of is there something that can be done? What's going on? How can we help each other? And what is it that you're doing? And that's a really cool thing to see. You don't see that a lot in people. Have you right. always had that kind of a feeling? You know, well, first I want to say thank you for, for recognizing that. I think that. Oh, wait, so I, I'm right, right? I, also, <laughs> I, like, I like to think that you are, you are right. And I, I say that because, um, it is something that, um, I believe that we are called to serve and to serve in a way that we are able to use our gifts as well as our experiences in order to help make other people better. And so if that means me drawing on my network, if that means me just asking you, what do you need? How can I help you? And that's something that I saw from my grandmother. It's something that I see in my mother. It's something that I see in, in my family because we are, we're giving people, you know, I, when I grew up, we used to do community service through, you know, one of the, the groups I was a part of at church. Um, you know, with the, my athletic team, we used to do community service. So it's like, it's something that has always been kind of baked into everything that I've done throughout my development. And then I go to college and kind of continue that path and then end up going into service-based professions, you know, social work, then law school, which is a service-based profession. A lot of people don't really think about the law in that way, but you think about a lot of the change that happens in society. The, um, you know, when injustices happen, it's a lot, it's lawyers who are on the front lines of a lot of that work. And then in coaching, it's it's a service-based, you know, profession as well. And so all of those things just really just draw me to be able to try and figure out how I can pour into someone else to help them, make them better in some way. And that's absolutely at the heart of it, right? Changing and kind of improving and um, building on one's experiences. When you, you mentioned that you had several different experiences and how each of them, each service that you were doing had change in that. Is there a reason you didn't stick with one job necessarily that was service? 
you know, that's a, that's a complicated story. So I will say that when I, so I started out my education, always wanting to go to law school. So it, but when I got to college, my grades did not necessarily make me the best candidate for law school right away. And so I had a conversation with a professor who was teaching a community psychology class that I taught. And he asked me, he said, you know, well, what do you, um, you know, have you ever considered a master's in social work? And I was like, well, social workers take away people's children. So no, like that's not what, that was my only conception of social work. And so I say, I say that to say, that's how I kind of got into that field. But I went into graduate school still wanting to go to law school. So the tr- my training, I was trained as a social worker, but never practiced full time as a social worker because I always had, I always wanted to go to law school. Uh, the reason why I didn't stick with the, with practice full time um, and kind of made the transition into, you know, into higher education and now back into a recruiting role um, is because I, I, I discovered things about myself as I matured that led me away from the type of practice and type of work that I was doing. So I've made the transitions in a way that have that align more with who I am and the way that I believe I'm called to serve others. And see, that's kind of what I wanted to ask is, so you grew up, you had these new experiences and you, you changed the experience, the way you were giving back to adjust with that. Now, did you have any, was that difficult making that realization that things were changing? Maybe you need to take a next step because oftentimes when people are chasing dreams or, you know, working towards something, it's difficult to kind of look at where you are now and at a point in time when you've been there for some time. And it, recognize when to move. Yeah, it, it was it was very difficult, and <clears throat> it's funny because my the the transition the decision for me to transition from practice was it was a parallel as I was growing in my personal development and learning. One of the things I talk about is owning your story. As I was growing in my personal development and learning and uncovering more about my story and my strengths. I had a, a shift and a change of heart in my professional direction as well, because what I what I found was that I was able to, I was able to bridge the gap, so to speak, between my personal self and I had this like this identity, and a lot of us do that. I think we and I think it's really a culture of our society, a, a a result of the kind of the way that we're conditioned in our society that you have your work life and you have your personal life. You have and so things are in these compartments and these boxes. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through that transition, I realized that I wanted to be more whole. And so I wanted to find a a connection between the work that I was doing in a way that matched with what I what I believed my desire, my strength, my my gifts and my purpose was. And so that was when I made the decision. And it was hard. I walked away from I took a, a almost 60% pay cut to Ooh. to make that transition, right? But when I tell you, once you get used to that kind of drop <laughs> after you make the adjustments, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was challenging, but, um, I mean, I was newly, a, I was newly professional, right? So I wasn't like, it wasn't like I had a mortgage and a Beamer, you know, when I wasn't dry, trying to you know, have a, you know, a $700 car note or anything like that. Um, so it was, it took, it was a transition, but I, the peace of mind that I had was absolutely, when, when I say priceless, literally priceless, it was, it was a personal 
decision that ended up now having paid professional dividends as well. But it was well worth the financial transition and the challenging. And and it was hard because I was I had to grapple with losing, quote unquote, an identity as an attorney. You know, I had done all this work to, you know, get the coveted law firm job. And then I was making the decision to walk away from it. And I had to ask myself for a while, who do I think I am? How dare I walk away from this opportunity? Sure. And then, and you know, the transition to the other side of that was, well, why not walk away from it to find something else that will be more satisfactory to you? And And the thing is about that, it's not for everyone, right? It's a very personal decision. It's a very introspective thing that you have to do for yourself. And for me, I walked away from a law firm. I'm working for a company now doing legal things. I'm not technically a lawyer there. So it's, it's what are you willing to do? And for every person, it's different. The thing about moving away from a law firm job, and let me know if you had this experience as well. Mm-hmm. You could get these people who don't mean it maliciously or anything like that, but, you know, they associate lawyers with, you know, law firms and that's the only Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And you're still a lawyer. You're just not maybe licensed to practice or you've just chosen not to practice actively. And so there's a misconception. They don't see that kind of person on TV. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I did. And I definitely experienced that. And what it comes down to is really what do people what do labels mean? Right. Because I will every lawyer, everyone who graduates from law school, while you may not be like my mind will never be the same. Right. (laughs) So and I mean, and I'm still licensed after that first class. After that first class, mm. it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap for the way that you saw the world before that. And um and for me, my license, I still practice. I do pro bono work, and um and I'm you know and so that for me is again the service, right? But yeah. I, I think about the way I try to continue that piece of it at the very least because this is something that I know needs to be done. And so um so yeah, but I mean you know once you're a lawyer, you will always be able to um you know you, that that's an identity thing, and that's often about the way other. It's more about other people than it is about you when that when you have that kind of like identity thing. Well, I think you hit the nail on the the head there when you said it's about labels, mm-hmm. you know, and so many times in society and the world today, labels are easily put and placed and replaced amongst people and sometimes misplaced right amongst people. And so really you have to ask yourself. And again, it's a personal and. And what's right for me, what's right for Tiffany, it might not work for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's okay as long as you're okay with that. Absolutely. Now, in your coaching, have you, you know, we're not naming names, but have you had clients who've struggled with that? I have. And it's interesting because... When I talked about the transition that uh, that I made that kind of brought the two my two selves, so to speak, together, Mm -hmm. that is it's a it's tough for people because you have to literally unlearn the way that we have been we identify because you, one of the first things, and this is something, and I find myself doing this as well. When you meet someone new, when you're in a certain context, your first inclination is to as to ask them what they do. And that is, that becomes some, some, something so central to some people's identity that if you remove that piece, they don't know who they are. 
And that was the thing that I refused to be like, I would not, I refuse to be defined by the job that I have unless I have made that decision to define that job for myself. And so when I'm working with clients, it's, 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 it all, it all depends on what their objective is, but even no matter whether they're trying to transition from, you know, change careers or just improve in the, in the job that they're currently in, it's about remembering and owning who they are as an individual and acknowledging what they are bringing to the table because that job does not define you because when that job, if that job goes away, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you stand for and you have to know what you have to offer to any, in any situation, in any job, in any room that you're going in. And that's the work that I want to do with clients um, is to really help them to, to own who they are as whole people and then bring that whole person to whatever job that they want that they're trying to pursue. And see, I, I like how you you said that because it's true. You got to decide what defines you. Mm. And mm -hmm. if you decide that the job is what defines you, what do you do when it goes away? Then right. how do you define yourself? Exactly. So, exactly. So can I ask you, when you have a client who's struggling like that, what do you tell them? Well, it, it depends, right? And what we, what we really do is we you start with, you kind of have to figure out where the feelings are coming from. So if someone is struggling with this identity and they feel like they lost something, well, what did you feel like you lost? What do you feel like you don't have anymore that this job gave you? And when you think about when you are able to identify those feelings and the emotions that are connected to that, you can then change the script and say, well, you know, well, did you actually lose the skill set that you have? Did you actually lose the the thing that makes you able to contribute to a team in the way that you have? Did you lose those things? And so, and you just have, so now the transition becomes, where can we take that to next? As opposed to, um, you know, being so connected to what this title was, what, who are you without the title? That's what we have to figure out. And so that's where we go into the story piece. So you take, you know, you think about the professional identity, but then who are you outside of that professional identity? Who are you walking into that job? Who are you walking into that room? And we do that through, you know, a series of conversations. And it's really a matter of asking questions. And then, because what I think the most powerful aspect, thing about coaching to me is that a client will will say something like, for example, oh, I'm just a, um, you know, a first year associate and I'm, I just work on this piece of, uh, litigation. And so I'll, I'll bring out, I'll bring out the fact that I say, well, you keep qualifying just, why are you downplaying that, that thing that you're doing? And you just have to continue to kind of, you point those things out to them. And then they're just like, wow, I didn't even notice that I was doing that. That's where the beauty of coaching comes in is where you can, um, you help them, you help your client to be able to see things that they weren't necessarily able to see themselves without telling them the answer, but just really kind of showing them the mirror so that they can see it for themselves. And, and words matter. I, I guess that that's a very powerful uh, example you gave because I never even thought about it when they, when you were giving that example, you said just this, I just thought it was another way of saying it, but wow. It, exactly. And, and you usually find that pattern, that pattern doesn't exist in one place. And I'm, and I, as, as I like, I'm a person who I'm constantly having to remind myself not to downplay or diminish or undersell the things that I have to, that, you know, the things that I'm doing. 
but that's something that you won't see it in just one context. You'll see it in com- in the way that they speak about other things as well. And so it's a matter. And so that's why the career coaching piece is only one part of a bigger picture, which is why I, you know, I call myself a career coach, but it's, it's, you can't really talk about careers without talking about your life <laughs> and the things that matter to you and the things that drive you and the things that scare you. Right. And the things that you, uh, that you, that you care about, all of that comes into why you get up to do the thing that you do every day. Well, that's actually reassuring uh, that you have to tell yourself that because as a coach and someone who's looking at this, the fact that you have to kind of continue to do that uh, is actually relieving for me, If uh, you know, because it's scary. You think that once you've done it, that's it. It's one and done. I'm now better. And that apparently is not the case. Not at all. I mean, if you are if you're doing the way that I see it is if if you're doing life right, you're always growing. Like you should never, ever get to a point in any, in anything where you think that you've made it. Because if you think you've made it, you're, there's something you're not learning. There's something you're overlooking. And, um, and so, you know, I am, I'm not by no means am I perfect and I'm constantly working to grow myself, but I work at it. And that's the difference that I think a lot, sometimes a lot of people don't even know that they have things they need to work on. And so they're kind of just kind of coasting through and, um, and, and seeing the same results and wondering why, um, and not doing the, the, the kind of reflection and the work that needs to, to, they need to do to get different results. So I, I kind of, because you just said that if someone is listening to the show right now, this episode right here, right now, and they heard you say that, would your recommendation be to someone who says, you know, I thought that I was good, but now I'm, I'm hearing what Tiffany's saying. Hmm. It, what, what would your recommendation be? You know, take that moment, take some time to kind of reflect. Yeah, I would say to think about, I would say for them to sit quietly and think about the things that they do well and the things that they like to improve on and to write those things down. And when you write things down, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, that you have issues or anything like that. But if you can think about every person I think should be able to think about something they can improve on, even when they are great at what they do, there's probably something else that they don't do as well as that other thing that they're really good at. And so when you think about if it, if it's a matter of, um, you know, eating healthy or talking to people a certain way or making eye contact, there are a lot of little things that we can do that we can identify if we just take the time to think about them. But so often we are just going through the motions every day and not taking time to think about, well, I just had this interaction with someone and how did that make me feel? How did, how did I create that situation? And people are not doing that kind of what they call metacognition or just now they're calling, you know, they're using the phrase mindfulness and mindfulness is really just awareness. And it's not even necessarily changing anything, but it's being aware of what's actually happening. A lot of people aren't even aware of what their interactions are like or what they are bringing to a situation that could be improved in some way. I don't know if you guys are realizing this, but I'm getting you like a free coaching session right now with Tiffany. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. If you're not paying attention, you might want to rewind and try this episode again. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And then you might want to follow up with her at her website, which, you know, link show notes. It's there fourcornerscoach.com. But you know, Pay attention. If you're not, these are things you should be doing. So Tiffany, you are doing this coaching 
Four Corners Coaching, which by the way, I love the name. Where does that come from? It comes from the, the, what I, I talked about a little bit earlier, the idea of being whole. I think that what I try to do when I thought about the four corners, and if you look at the logo, it's like an, there's an intersection and everything kind of connects. It's like a, it's continuous. It's kind of, um, you know, interconnected. And the four corners I identified when I thought about my life and things that I'm constantly thinking about or working on. It's my, my personal development, my professional development, my health and wellness and my um, relationships and those things in on any given day, those things are a focus for me. And so on some day, my professional is, you know, super high because, it, you know, it's a stressful time of the year. And so I'm not really so, so much worried about my relationships, but I still have to come home and talk to my mom and talk to my brother and talk to my family and my friends. So those things are always at, at play. And so when I thought about naming the company and I thought about the kind of holistic approach that I like to take in, in, in understanding my clients and the needs that they have, those are the, the kind of buckets and the areas that I like to, that I like to focus on because everyone is doing some work or has something related to one of those things that kind of bring them back to the challenge that they're having in, at the moment. And sometimes it's more than one. And sometimes it's more than one, exactly, because and, and the way that I see it is it's if you and my perspective is if you're if you are off balance in your personal development, everything else will be everything else will be on shaky ground. Now, is that and like a ripple effect or it, it could be a ripple effect? It could be an earthquake. It could be a tsunami like it could be. And I think that and I say that because um, when you and, and again, this is just a really a, a function of the both, you know, some of my training and then much my own experience. If I lack confidence in who I am as an individual and the value that I bring to the world. Am I actually going to be my best professional self? I can pretend for a long time that I have this confidence, but eventually something is going to shake it. If I am, if I believe that I lack value, am I going to choose relationships that are going to honor me and respect me? Am I going to love people in a way that honors and respects them if I don't really love myself? Am I going to take care of my, my physical health? Is my spiritual relationship going to be going to be there? Um, and so and so that's the reason why I say if it starts, if your foundation as an individual is rocky, then you're going to you're going to see issues and they might not be, you know, red flags right away. But over time, the, it, they'll crack the surface. And, and, and then you'll start to see the problems kind of, and it won't necessarily be chaos in all areas at, at all times, but it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be like a seesaw. One thing might be good over here one day, but the other area is kind of out of whack. I never really thought about that. So hold on. My mind's being blown at the moment. So, <laughs> so if, if I'm being affected maybe negatively or even positively in my family life that could carry over into work or my relationship with friends or I don't know anything I'm doing my baseball game that I play at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that it's, it's, again, it's, it goes back to that awareness piece because a lot of times we don't recognize the connection between all of these things that matter to that, that impact us on a daily basis. And, and it's only until a lot of times something 
dramatic happens or there's like a, you know, something just kind of goes really off course, do we then say, wait, what's going on here? But that's, you have to, but it's when you pay attention to the patterns, you can see the evidence of this, of this kind of, you know, um, this ripple effect that goes through if you're paying attention to it, whether you choose to do something about it is another, is another, you know, issue altogether. So that's like, uh, you were talking about how it could be like a ripple or it could be a tsunami. That's like a daily thing, right? So if I wake up in a good mood, everything gets affected most likely positively. And if right. I wake up cranky because I didn't sleep well and I got kicked, then it could inter- it, it affect my interactions daily. Exactly. Unless you say you wake, let's say you wake up cranky yeah. and you, and you take, and you're like, you know what? I'm cranky right now. Let me redirect this energy and let me remember what I'm grateful for, which is why they tell you, you start your day with gratitude or you start your day with a stank attitude. And that's actually, I've never heard that before. I just said that. For, that's Did actually you just kind of I just made that up. I freestyled that. That's kind of good right there. Um, but if you start your day with an attitude of that's positive, Versus if you just allow that negative and and I, and again, that awareness, if you are paying attention to your body, if you're paying attention and this takes time and I don't, I don't mean to imply that this is something that you can just decide today that you're going to be aware and you won't have to work at it. It took me years to develop this level of awareness that now I can feel if sometimes some days my face, like my face is just twisted up and I have my brow is furrowed and I'm stressed out and I'm like, yo, I do not like I don't like this feeling. I need to get out of this. And so you, I do things to back myself out of that mood. And so, but like you, but like you started to say, and I'm, it's a long winded kind of response, but if you, you can recognize that mood that you have and you can choose to do something about it that can, and that can then change and impact the kind of direction, at least for that day or that moment or that hour, but you can, you can redirect it if you, if you choose to. That sounds like a lot of work. And I mean, I'm just, it's, and I guess, you know, we work on it, like all mm-hmm. things, right? You work on it. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you skip a day or a moment, the world won't end, but mm-hmm. it's a ongoing process, it seems. Absolutely. So you talking about ongoing processes, cause you've been doing these different things with, you know, the four corners coaching your day job, right? And mm-hmm. then you went ahead and did a TEDx. I did. Not too long ago. Right. So you're finding these, we're talking about different opportunities for change and you're finding these different opportunities. You've been a panelist, a moderator. Um, I'm just curious. Do you, how many hours of the day do you sleep? Do you sleep? <laughs> and I've asked this of other guests and I find this is a commonality guys for people who chase dreams. You, they don't seem to sleep. You know, let's ask Tiffany, how many hours do you get at night? I, if I'm doing what I like to do, I like to get at least six hours of sleep. That's and decent. That's five to five and a half to six. Um, now that's me. Well, now if you're I'm pushing doing, it here. Yeah, right. Exactly. Five and a half. If, I, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on a typical night is usually between like five, five and a half. And I'm just being completely honest. And yeah, please, <laughs> please, because guys, if you're chasing dreams, sleep is not always something you'll get. As I mean, if you look at the last 70 people who chase their dreams and have been on the show, sleep is not a commonality amongst them. 
Right. And I always feel, um, I always am nervous because, you know, the research, because sleep is very, very important. And I'm not the kind of person who will stay up until my eyes are bleeding just for the sake of saying that I'm staying up and I'm trying to do something. When I'm tired, I go to bed. But I also, what I do find is that on the days that I go to bed late and still wake up early to work out, my energy is way better than the days that I will go to bed late and start and try to get an extra hour of sleep in the morning. It doesn't really help me. The workout helps me more than trying to get that extra hour of sleep because the sleep is already shady sleep anyway. So you <laughs> can just, it's shady sleep to begin with. And so I'm just like, and there have been mornings where I'm, where I sit, I'm just like, you know, I don't really feel like going to the gym, but I'm just like, if I lay here, I'm not going, I'm going to be thinking about me not going to the gym. So I'm just going to get up and go. And that's kind of, that's my <laughs> daily kind of thing. <laughs> well, I, it, it's not, it's a commonality and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. You're right. Sleep is important. I just find it interesting how, when I ask that question, the answers seem to be very similar amongst people who are doing something they're very passionate about, something that they love. And they never seem to to regret it, in a sense. No. no, and I think, and I think that that's probably a commonality because there, like you said, there's something driving us. And until I get and see the thing that I'm working towards, then I know I can't. Like I still have work to do. So every day is how I approach that. There's still more that needs to be done. There's still more that needs to be done. Yeah, and and it's amazing to me. And I think this is why I like encouraging people to chase their dreams or do something that they love because, you know, some people do the monster energy, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, five hour energy or, you know, co caffeine is, is how they get pumped or get some energy to do something. Whereas I find when I talk to someone who's passionate, when I talk to you that first time, you can kind of see it in them. You can kind of see they have this secondary reserve just at the bottom of the spine of their back. Mm. And it just seems to be the passion that they have that just kind of like, oh, I can stay up all night or or even just do what I need to do. I have mm -hmm. what I need to get through that. I don't need the monster energy. I don't need, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z because mm -hmm. I'm so into it that it's very cool. And, and that's why I love talking to people because I see it in each of them. It yeah. may be in a different way. It manifests itself, but <laughs> every one of them has it. And you have it because you have the coaching. You have your day job where you're also helping people. You have the TEDx that you talked about. And guys, there's a link to her talk on the show notes page. So definitely check that out. It was an amazing talk. You should Thank watch you. that if you haven't. Yes. Great job, by the way. I should tell you that. Sorry, guys. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate Tiffany, it. Tiffany, great job on the, on the TEDx. Kudos there. Um, and you guys should check it out and agree with me because I'm pretty sure you will. And you're doing all this stuff and you're writing, you're speaking. Do you have any anything else on your list to help others to change that you're kind of like, it's in my back pocket. I can't wait to make this one happen. Or something that's kind of just resonating within you that you just, you're not sure how to manifest it, but is there more coming? There is more coming. And, um, and every day I am grateful for, um, I'm, I literally thank God for the desire to continue to try and do something that reaches out to people. One of the things that I'm working on, I'm working on two different things that will be ready, uh, in 2017. Of course you are. I'm writing, 
two different things. <laughs> two different things. Um, I am developing <laughs> a, a a course for people who are interested in either changing careers or trying to improve where they are in their current in their current job. And I'm also writing a book. And the book is has been a a thought of mine for literally probably about maybe like 10 or 11 years and it's finally taking shape and I'm really, really excited about that. Fiction, nonfiction. You have a teaser non-fiction, for fiction, nonfiction. And it is a, it is about my journey to self love as it relates to my relationship to God. And it's an interesting, it's, it's developing. So it's, it's one of those things that as you write things, things shift a little bit, but that is, um, that's what it's shaping up to be. And, um, and it's, it's taught me a lot about myself, interestingly enough in the, in the process, but I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited to see what's coming up for 2017. I mean, that's Uh awesome. I don't know where you're going to, when you're going to have time to do it, but I, I'm pretty sure you will make it happen. Oh, I got to, I have to, I have to, you see, that's, that's what I'm saying right there. You have to, (laughs) I do. And you know, it's funny because I had a conversation with one of my, um, my classmates in, in law school, uh, who actually passed away uh, shortly after we graduated. And one of the things that we talked about, um, was the fact that if I don't do it, I can't be the reason why I don't get the dreams that I have for myself. And it would be, it would be on me and no one else that my goals are not achieved. And to me, that's not acceptable. Um, and so that's the thing that keeps me going. And and the idea that I believe that there's something that I'm meant to help people do and a message that I'm meant to deliver. And so if I don't do that, I'm not doing what God called me to do. And um, that's not that's not OK for me. So that's what drives me. Yeah, I see why I wanted her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting free lessons and just. Uh... Motivation left and right here. So Tiffany, you're doing a lot. You you somehow find the t- time to do all these things. What about the fun stuff? Do you have mm. time for that? I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably say that this is the fun stuff, but the things that people would say is fun outside of that. Oh, I do. I do. I definitely make time for, um, to me, spending time with my family and my friends is fun. And so, um, you know, on any given, you know, weekend, I would, I might have to adjust my, my schedule, but I'm going to go, you know, be in New York or be hanging out with my, my family, with some of my friends who I consider really family or, um, you know, invite people to my house and, or just go out and eat because eating is one of my favorite things to do. So if I'm eating somewhere, it's always fun to me. And so, so I definitely, I do make time for that because you have to, you have to refresh. Sometimes you just have to, you have to walk away from the thing that drives you so much because it, sometimes this, this work is tiring and it, sometimes you hit a block and you just have to say, you know what, I'm taking this whole weekend and I'm not doing anything related to content creation, or I'm not doing anything related to the, the, you know, work or, and I'm just going to watch Netflix all weekend catch up on a series. Um, if you haven't watched, this is us. It's one that I just recently caught up on. It's so good. Um, but you know, you have to make time for, to rejuvenate and to kind of refresh and regroup. And I definitely do make time for that. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, especially for people who are just starting, sometimes it's very hard to align the thought that you can actually take breaks Mm -hmm. and not be unsuccessful. Right. It's true. And, and there's this, 
these, you know, you see these memes and you see these hashtags, team no sleep and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that might work for some people, but it's not for everybody. And, and, and even building something is not for everybody. And that's why the work that I do is for people who, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, that's what I want to help you be able to do. Um, you know, and usually it comes in the forms of working with young, you know, and rising professionals, but you know, not everybody's meant to have a side hustle and that's okay. Like if your passion project and your hobby doesn't keep you up at night, that's okay. Like you don't have to be, um, doing the thing that seems to be so popular right now that everybody else is doing. Do what, it's true to you. And then, and that will be enough. I'm glad you said that. Cause oftentimes people who hear that I do this podcast are like, Oh, but I don't want to do a side hustle. I'm not, I'm not really entrepreneur ish. And just a reminder, this isn't necessarily a business podcast guys. This is a do what you're passionate about, whatever mm-hmm. that is. It doesn't have to be monetarily sound. Absolutely. This isn't, but I have fun. Right. Right. You know, I, and, and whatever it is. And so Oftentimes people think dreams and they think, okay, but will that make me money? Or mm-hmm. I don't, I have a dream of playing guitar at, you know, on stage, but that's really all it is. I'm like, well, well that's a dream, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes we get caught up with what we see on TV and what we see uh, pe- other people defining dreams as. And like a lot of the things we've talked about just in this episode is very personal. Right. Absolutely. And, and it really comes down to, to doing, doing the work to understand what your definition of success was or is rather. And that for me, when I made the decision to leave, I had someone tell me that I was no longer doing what I was worth by leaving a law firm. Right. By leaving a law firm to go work in higher education. And when I heard that, that it hurt it hurt a lot, especially from the, um, you know, the person who I heard it from. But what it, what I was able to realize later is that that count, that comes from a place of that person's definition of success for me. And I had defined success in the way that everybody else had defined it for so long. And then I got it and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> so what is my definition of success? And so, and so that is what, so sometimes we have this, we're working, we're on this path that is defined by somebody else, but you have to, you have to really step back and say, wait, is this actually what I want to do? Or is this just something that I'm doing because because it's the only thing that I thought about doing ever. And I've never thought about doing anything else. That's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, cause it, it, it's true, right? A lot of us have other people in our lives who we sometimes give more credit to than we should mm-hmm. and more power to than we should mm-hmm. forgetting that it's our own life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, uh, some, Food for thought for you guys. We're just throwing them left and right today because Tiffany's just throwing them left and right. (laughs) I'm just, I'm throwing the balls and she's just swinging guys. So you swinging too, you swinging too. (laughs) (laughs) But Tiffany, since we're dropping all this knowledge, let's drop one more. Before I wrap, I usually ask the guests, you know, what is something you would tell someone who's chasing their dreams? Now, it could be a book recommendation. It could be a, a course they should take, a person they should look into you know, piece of advice, whatever it is, what is one thing you would tell them? I would tell them to think about what really matters to you. And that can be about any number of things. But, you know, if it's money that matters to you, if it's 
personal time, if it's flexibility, whatever it is, and then work backwards from there. And so you kind of do, it's like an assessment. It's like, okay, well, if flexibility works is something that really, really matters to me and my current life has no flexibility in it, my work doesn't allow me to do any flexibility, is that something that you want to or need to change? And it, it really starts with thinking about, thinking with the end, starting with the end in mind. And then working from there to figure out what adjustments you might need to make in order to get you to where you want to be based on the the things that you identify for yourself. All right, guys, I'm going to stop right there because, you know, I got nothing else. <laughs> so to thank you so much for coming on the show. Loved having you. Definitely going to have to have you back. OK, it was my pleasure. And I absolutely would love to be back. Thank you for having me. Guys, guys, that was Tiffany Sutherland. How fantastic is she? You guys can find all the notes and links to her episode over on the show notes page at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 71. That's episode 71. And take to heart what she was saying, okay? Well, you know, she said a lot, but I, I do want to call out the one part where you have to take some time for yourself and reflect. Figure out what it is you really want to do can change day to day, month to month, year to year, birthdays, New Year's, that kind of stuff's coming up. Think about it and take some time for yourself. Okay. And so until the next episode, as always, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.